0: Ask me if I care.
1: All I heard was literally it was like it <clears throat> was like ow ask me if I care. You're not recording, right? Mm-hmm. I am. Oh shit. I was gonna say something really disgusting just now. About the way you just fucking drank that 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 Vista Bay. White claw. If you guys ever sponsor this podcast? Just know that this motherfucker gets no free white claws. He gets no free white claw merch. He gets no free white claw tote bags. Like, y'all, you guys are going to drop, like, a fucking a dad hat shirt combo shit. He doesn't get it. You know why? Because he's drinking a fucking Vista Bay. What a piece of shit. First of
0: all, I highly doubt Vista Bay, I mean, uh, White Claw will ever sponsor this podcast. That's
1: one. But, Two, okay.
0: without the podcast, they wouldn't have sponsored us anyway. So, they're going to give me free White Claw. That's, like, right, a whatever. mini flex.
1: <laughs> all right, whatever. Fuck all y'all. Hey guys, welcome to a new episode of Till Good Game Do Us Part. I'm here, Henry, the superior hard spiked seltzer drinker that came out bad. But
0: I'm yeah, so with- um, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And I'm here with Troy, the clearly man with poor taste who drinks less superior spiked seltzer. Oh, you. Well, all right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guys, so this is episode. 32 of the Vista Bay podcast. No, joking. It's a good game to us, Bart.
1: Yeah, we made it past our our, our episode 30. The I have self-doubt because I'm not doing much with my life age, you know? But we're, we made it. We made it to 31, guys.
0: Why did... Well, this is 32, but why'd you have to make this to so depressing?
1: I don't know. That's what people say about their 30s. They're like, oh, I didn't do anything in my 20s, and now I'm 30. And then they get to 31, and they're like... Who's trying to get brunch again? Like, nothing's changed because it's only a year.
0: True. You should probably also watch Sex in the City. That'll like kill that whole
1: no, thing fu- you just okay. said. So I have to say a couple things. Fuck Sex in the City. It's a great show, uh, in- though. Even though I enjoy the show, fuck Friends. Even though I enjoy the show part two, fuck how I met your mother. It gives terrible, terrible like images of why of how good it is to live in New York City. Guys, a homeless man stole my cookie the other day, all right? Like I treated myself to insomnia cookies at 2.30 in the morning on my break from work and a homeless man came up to me and was like, can I get a cookie? And I went to turn and say no, but my hand was half out and he ripped the cookie from my hand and walked away. New York City is not as great as you think. It's still the best fucking city though. But still, uh, you're showing your privilege them.
0: right now because some people can't even afford to get a cookie like that homeless guy who took your cookie was probably hungry. And at least you don't live in L.A. To... where people rob you for sandwiches. Somebody will get that reference. And when he does, he'll probably text me. But at least you don't live in L.A. where you get robbed for your blimpies or uh, what's the other sandwich place? Um, Subway? No, your quiz knows. Why do you
1: go? ew first off a couple things. Why did you go Blimpies first? Because I, I didn't. Isn't I didn't Blimpies go there. I didn't now? go there.
0: And I don't think LA has Blimpies. Blimpies, by the way.
1: Yeah, it's like like West Coast, like East Coast has like Jersey Mikes and Subway, and I feel like West. I feel like West Coast has like Firehouse subs and like
0: mm, we have Firehouse.
1: Yeah, but I feel like not as much as as as, as out there.
0: Well speaking of LA, well not really LA, but California. You'll be yeah, heading there what in a week?
1: Yeah, so I had to I had to TwitchCon uh, the twenty-sixth I fly out. I come back Monday the thirtieth. I work like three days and then guess what? I go to I go to Tokyo. <laughs> did I tell you that? Go to Tokyo? Uh, uh
0: I don't remember if you did. I feel like you did mention it. And it was very like Vague of like Hey I'm going to Japan And then Different topic
1: Oh yeah I was bored I was just like Hey I bought a flight to Japan Uh Oh And that was it And then I'm All going right, to Weird Japan. flex but okay I can't buy flights I mean, when I'm
0: bored But You know
1: Listen Catch flights not feelings everybody
0: Or you could uh You know Catch a flight to change the weather Yeah that's a, That's the vibe we're on Henry Well you Apparently Not me But anywho you're heading to TwitchCon. I don't... This isn't on the docket, but because you're heading there, we could talk about it. But, like, what are your expectations for TwitchCon? Uh, Aside from you thinking I'll probably show up, which won't happen because I'm poor.
1: You uh, fucking will. You better. We talked about it last week uh, or two weeks ago. The uh, The party and how we thought it was a little bit banking on nostalgia but besides that I feel I have absolutely fucking no expectations for this fucking thing <laughs> uh I don't I really don't because last year when I went it was this weird vibe of um not not so much partners but like affiliates just being like hello i'm an affiliate and you're just like i hate you already like never do that again but they were just like all doing it and i was just like i hate everyone
0: so like is there Um, anything gaming related that you're interested in seeing or maybe like a particular streamer and you're interested in hanging out don't incriminate yourself with that question
1: um. uh don't it. no uh, i have actually i really uh because of last year all the fucking merch was actually really good um not even like it wasn't even twitch based but like um uh, this one jacket that i got there was amazing and i was like shit they have a lot of um they have a lot of uh fucking streetwear that i really want and cuz that was last year when they were all like Oh, eventually, like, Streetwear is the new esports wear. It's the new gamer wear. And I was just like, oh, this is actually pretty dope fucking merchandise. So they just had all these, like, low-key hype beast shit, like, there. And I was like, oh, this is cool. So I'd say I'm pretty hyped for all the merchandise and stuff. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll give it that. I'm, I'm there to buy some new clothes and new fits. So are you telling
0: me that TwitchCon is the streamer version of um, ComplexCon? Is that what you're telling me right now?
1: Okay. So here's a couple things I have against complex con. Not even a, I don't, it's not against complex con. I want to go to complex con, but I know me going to complex con, I would end up dropping a fucking fuck ton of money, but just to go is actually really expensive. Also, I just sent you an image. Uh, Why would you in, do that?
0: Why? In our chat,
1: you? And you see the, you see the bottom left corner. There it is. There you go. Merry Christmas. Um, but I would love to go to complex con one year. Um, but I just know it would be very, very expensive. Uh, I would be spending so much fucking money there.
0: You know, as much as I don't talk to this chick, she like haunts me every time you guys bring her up. <laughs> so, just from um, that sole interaction of like, well,
1: it's fu- it's funny because I can't go anywhere. Like, I I log into Twitter and it's always like her first. She's usually the first tweet. I log into Twitter on my phone. She's usually the first tweet. I go on the fucking TwitchCon website and it's her name there. And I'm like, oh my god, all right, relax.
0: Mm-hmm. See but I, I don't know if I want to incriminate myself like that On
1: no, the let's podcast not. right now So I'm not incriminating. I mean it's not really
0: incriminating It might come off more as douchey But yeah I'll tell you all Even though I've told you before I'll remind you all uh, right.
1: let's, let's get right into it guys Let's just jump into
0: it Wait before we jump into any of the topics on the docket though I don't know why everything that's not on the docket Is coming to my mind right now But have you Decided Contemplated or plan on burning your NYXL jersey?
1: No, I don't. No, No, I absolutely fucking don't. You know why? And here I'm going to fucking break this down. Everybody thought that New York XL was a fucking trash team, um, even though it is very hard to be a New York fan sometimes. Uh, First off, shout out to San Francisco Shock and Vancouver Titans making it to the um, to the grand finals in Philly, good for y'all. Um, you guys, you guys really brought like consistent, like talented gameplay throughout the whole Overwatch League season two. So you know what, kudos to you. I think you guys deserve it. But with that being said, NYXL had a very good playoff run. They didn't bomb in the first round like they did season one. They <clears throat> they tried their very best to bounce back. You know, they just played really heavy teams. They showed their worth, and they showed like, hey, we could actually play against like, like, like playoff level teams. But they did get they got busted by the best, unfortunately. You know, and that's how it is. It's just about who adopts the meta the best. And I feel like New York Excelsior, if they had to land anywhere in the in the top three, it would be three. But they're top three. You know, and I and I do stand behind this team. They are kind of like right now though. They're like the Mets when they had. That was like four years of like being really, really fucking amazing. And then like, they just kind of like dip to mediocrity and I'm hoping they don't dip to mediocrity next season. I I mean, they are a New
0: York team, so
1: I know. And that's the problem is that the, and I also think the biggest thing is also like we as New Yorkers got to talk mad shit about New York sales here. Uh if we start being like, yeah, go New York, like, if we start give when we started giving them that, like, yeah, you're gonna do it, it was like nah, we ain't gonna do it, you gotta give the negative reinforcement, that's the true New York way yeah, you what's up shit you guys, like
0: when you guys win, you guys are just like alright, yeah, whatever, like, okay, we won but then when you guys lose, you're like, man yo, this team, yo, treat everybody like, why do y'all do that?
1: it's, what it's is... how we are it? it's how we are as New Yorkers, and I think it's just how we are as, like, in the culture of New York we'll just be like Someone does something like amazing. Like, that's cool. Good for you. But then someone like fucks up. And we're like, yo, what the fuck? What? Excuse me. Hello.
0: Jeez. Yeah. You, you guys ever, should uh, work on be, that. you, you going to take ever, compliments, you ever,
1: man. You ever yell at somebody on a fucking New York City train? No, because I'd rather
0: keep my life.
1: You trying to go? No, you ever? You go? You trying to go up like a fucking train from like the F train, trying to go up to your exit, and someone's just moving really fucking slow, or they don't know how to carry their bags, and you just kind of like, you or like they like trying to bring up a a, a stroller up. New Yorkers are the only people who help them who help a mother bring her stroller up like a flight of stairs, and they go fucking learn how to carry your baby, stupid, and then like walk away.
0: Oh, see, I've witnessed the opposite. Where like they helped them carry up the stroller and then they looked at everyone else who was coming up the stairs and was like, yo, you're fucking stupid, man. Why nobody helped this lady, man? Yeah, fuck? it's both. And then they kept both. going.
1: We yell at somebody. Somebody has to get yelled at at the end of the day. Is it really yelling or is it
0: all really like just speaking in your normal like voice?
1: It's usually. I mean, listen, the other day I got off. I, I was getting off the F train. I also take the F train on a regular basis if you haven't noticed the doors open and these people are just like standing directly in front of the, of like the, of like the, the the platform side and I'm trying to get out and they're just blocking it and they're just kind of staring at me. And I just finally, I was like, I'm like, y'all know how to fucking back up. I'm like, it says to always back up to let people off the train. And then the girl that was trying to get off with me, she was like, yeah, tell them. And then they just like looked at me and they all backed up. And I was like, thank you. Have a nice day, stupid. And then I kept walking, and then like some dude with his AirPods, just like, is like the dude who's trying to get on with the AirPods. He's like, "Honey, some fucking delinquent called me a a stupid." And then like he got on the train, and I was just like, "All right, I mean, I guess." Should have "Yeah, you stupid." I guess I'm a delinquent in scrubs. All right. Anyways, have a nice day, sir. Um. Well, since but, yes. we're on the
0: topic though of like New York, <laughs> New York sports. New York-
1: New York sports are, we're terrible people, and that, and I really need that vibe to carry over to fucking esports, please, because we need to be fucking assholes. Uh, please, for the love of God, let's be assholes.
0: Well, New Yorkers could and probably will bring over that mentality, especially since a lot of uh, pro athletes want to get into esports, and they want to get paid for it.
1: Is this fucking guy transitioning into an actual story? Don't
0: don't call out my segues. (laughs) Like, just let the segues happen, man. Just let them
1: happen. Um. Yeah.
0: No. But like, for you, actually, let let me start off this right. Professional traditional professional athletes wanting to get paid to play esports. Is in a sense them just some of them just cloud chasing. That's literally all I think it is. It's still trying to mesh the world of esports and regular sports the same way that sports and rap music mesh together. That's all it is. It's just a way to keep their name relevant Whoa. with a audience who probably doesn't care or does not know who they are. That's how I look
1: at it. So here's my here's my thing. You could play esports, whatever. Like you could play, you could play video games, whatever. Um, you could give support and stuff like that. But I just feel like at this point, it's just like it just should be like, hey, do whatever the fuck you want to do. Like you don't need to be involved in esports. You could just play. You just play video games. You could show up. You could do like what fucking half the fucking NFL players did and showed up in Ninja Stream. Be like, hey, and then that's it. Like If if you really want to get involved in esports Fucking buy a team Or own shares Like Shaq owns part of uh, Shaq and somebody else They own fucking parts of um, San Francisco Shock. You don't see them being like Oh well I want to play on the stage And I want to get paid No just fucking it was cool
0: Yeah but but when it comes to like People like Shaq I I think it depends on I think I think there's like a money cap or like a money scale on who wants to get in, and also an age gap. Like I think a lot of the guys who probably want to get in on esports are much younger. Um, in regards, uh, aside from like investing it, in. so you have people like uh, like Juju Smith. I think he plays for the Steelers, if I'm not mistaken. He has an endorsement yeah. deal with HyperX, and I think uh, what's the basketball player's name? I'm drawing a blank. A white guy mm-hmm. that plays for the Celtics Gordon Hayward there you he, go. he has a sponsorship with uh, HyperX as well but to be fair to Gordon Hayward he mentioned early on that he was like a fan of League of Legends and esports or whatever but I think right. with it, some of the younger guys right I think what it is is they again they see a popular thing that yeah. everyone's intro, into so they want to be a part of it you know again relevancy but on top of it, I think it gives them something to do in the summertime when they're not playing their sport. Because remember, esports is super active during like early spring throughout the summer, like events yeah. across the world. And in the summer, most sports are in their off season, like football, basketball, at least American sports, uh from my knowledge. I think the only sport that occurs in the summer is like baseball. Mm-hmm. So during that off season, it gives them something to do, and again, they keep their rele- relevancy with an audience that they might not be used to, um, while they're in their off season. So they don't, and they probably don't have to practice and work out as much.
1: They're not fucking used to. They're they're like, I don't ever see somebody unless you you're like you have multi interests. Like I don't see people being like, oh, I should follow da 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 from da 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 team. Like I, I just don't see it. You know, I it's, see
0: it's. It's the it's them being in the space though. It's the I know this basketball player plays Call of Duty with my favorite Call of Duty player, or I saw him at an event and I was able to have a conversation with him. Let me follow him on his platform, and then like you know, again, you kind of end up supporting the player. You might end up supporting the All team right. that they play for, but I think also what it is is if a lot of these guys want to play uh some some sort of eSport and get paid for it. There has to be more investment than just, like, you playing in the summertime or you showing up at an event for a celebrity pro-am event. Like, yeah. the, those they can get away with because, like, they don't have to be skilled. They're probably playing with a popular streamer or someone who's more skillful for them. And they're still getting paid. They're still getting the, the look. But if they're talking about, like, joining a team or joining a franchise, like, the only time they're really going to have to do it is in the summer because... Whatever your sports contract, like if you're trying to sign with an organization that might conflict with your sports contract, Um, your agent's going to have to read over that. And again, you're not going to have as much time to put into the game to master the game and play at the level that all the other guys are playing who are literally spending the same amount, if not more time playing the same way that they do like when they practice their sport.
1: Yeah. You know, Um, I love the game. Hated or Love It is my favorite song.
0: Where did that come from?
1: I don't know. You said the game and all I thought of Hated or Love It. I'm so sorry. Jesus.
0: Um, But yeah, I don't think there will be enough time for them to play at a super competitive level.
1: Oh, I don't. I I also don't see them being like, unless they're retired, that's really the only time I could see them being like, I could fully invest myself into esports, you know? I don't see them being like, well, in my off-season, I can do all this, and then I can go away from the sport. I think I can only see them being, like, super involved when they're retired.
0: Yeah. And on top of that, you got to think, like, if they're in a contract year, then their summer is, like, twice as hectic because they're probably going to a different team, worrying about, you know, who they're getting traded to. I think, like, some of these guys – might not be looking at like the entire picture of like they might be thinking like oh i can do it all you know what i mean or like it's just a video game i'm good and it's the same thing like when people always say like oh the guy that you know who's best in smash if you put him up like if you take him to an event and put him up against the pro players or whatever he's probably not going to be as great as everyone thought he was because either he's not putting in as much time or he just never played at that level so he's not familiar with what the skill level is. And I think that's what some of these pro players think is like, well, I've played with famous streamers, you know, I played with this guy, I played with that guy Mm -hmm. and I do, I do well, but they haven't. And again, not every pro player is a streamer and not every streamer is a pro player. So just because you played with Ninja does not mean you've played, you might've played with one of the best, but you didn't play against the best. You know what I mean? I think
1: it's also the idea of like, they've never played, they uh I think a lot of these athletes probably think like, Oh, I could probably just jump in there and nobody's gonna like they the I've I've played in the finals of the NBA, I've played in the finals of da da da. I've played and like I know what pressure is, but it's a different type of pressure, I feel like, that they don't realize it. That there yeah. is a different type of pressure compared to like professional sports versus eSports. Yeah, and I'm not and uh, I'm
0: not saying that none of these guys have played the game or aren't good at it or aren't familiar, but I think with The amount of time they have invested in them being a professional, a traditional professional athlete in that realm does not give them enough time to master whatever game they, you know, have most interest in to be able to play at a competitive level. Now, That's not to say, again, they can't play in like celebrity tournaments and things like that and get paid for it. But in regards to like being in a franchise league or being a part of an organization outside of like most orgs that are like entertainment talent agencies. Um, I just don't see it working out unless they wanted to go to an org and be like a temporary coach, you know, in the summer when they, during the off season, I could see that, that working out, that, but
1: that would be interesting having a pro player as like a coach in an esports uh organization.
0: Yeah. And I would love to see like pro players, especially with the two K league and maybe like FIFA, like, Players from like whatever team that they had signed an esports player, like have that player come in and like coach them. You know nah, what I mean? Like in the season. I
1: want I want Carmelo Anthony coaching the fucking New York Call of Duty team.
0: But why would you have him coaching them? Like why know. would why would Carmelo coach Call of Duty versus coaching an actual NBA team?
1: Because I want him to be like. Just be like, you shoot him. Shoot him.
0: (laughs) Oh my. So you want to see them fail is what you're saying.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah, a little bit. Just a little bit. Just just like a little bit. And then I want them to get made fun of and then they like get their shit together and then they fucking I don't know, bring these players to like a fucking championship. I don't know, man.
0: Listen, man, Carmelo's already struggling. Well, I won't say he's struggling, but you know, he's not on the team. Let's not I'm not wishing on Carmelo's downfall.
1: Okay. You are.
0: I'm not. Maybe you are because it used to be a Nick and now you're bitter. I think that's I'm what always, that is.
1: Yeah. Being a Nick fan is always being bitter. I don't think you get that.
0: Is that what that is that what that means? Is that what that lifestyle like has listen, come to? Like you just listen, have all to be you, bitter all
1: all you fucking New York like esports fans, just know that you're following in the footsteps of new of New York sports fans and just know we're passing our bitterness towards you. Like you gotta be bitter. You gotta just be pissed off all the time, and it, it see it cycles back to our last conversation. You gotta be pissed off all the time.
0: Hmm, very interesting. Sounds like you're very uh jaded. That's what it sounds like to me right now.
1: I'm leaving this fucking podcast. I quit the show. That's it.
0: Don't be jaded, Henry. I'm gonna be jaded, man. Why you jaded for? Hmm.
1: This is a whole bit. You're doing you, you made this into a whole bit. Okay. You don't wanna hurt nobody,
0: man. I'm gonna be jaded. I oh,
1: no. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. That was a great bit. Are you happy with that bit?
0: I am very satisfied.
1: All right, good. So
0: moving on from uh, traditional esports, or excuse me, traditional pro athletes wanting to get into esports. You want to get into uh, want to get into some heck? What you want to get into, man?
1: You know, let's talk about some spiciness. Let's talk about how uh, let's talk let's talk optic gaming. You know?
0: Okay, we can get a little bit
1: actually. I want I would love to talk about that, and then there's another topic that's not on our docket that I'd love to talk about.
0: Oh, let's let's talk about what's not on the docket first.
1: All right, so if you guys don't know, uh, the team. That actually, hold on. I actually need to bring it up so I can actually talk about it properly. And while you're bringing that up,
0: with like you know talking about like COD and franchising and all these things, Mm -hmm. I found this interesting image the other day, which is pretty much just like a broad explanation, but it's a image of each COD location franchise, who the owners are, and then what their Overwatch League team is. So while well, just pulling that up, I'm just gonna go over this real quick. So the locations, I'll repeat again, even though we mentioned it before: Atlanta, Dallas, New York, Paris, Toronto, Los Angeles, Minnesota, Florida, Los Angeles again, Seattle, Chicago, and London. So for you those of you who don't know, the Overwatch League teams that are associated with those locations are Atlanta Rain, Dallas Fuel, New York Excelsior, um, Paris Eternal, Toronto Defiant, L.A. Valiant, Minnesota does not have an Overwatch League team. Uh, Florida Mayhem, L.A. Gal- Gladiators, Vancouver Titans, San-, San Francisco Shock. And wait, doesn't London have an Overwatch team?
1: They do. London's been Fire.
0: So why don't they have that listed on? Here? Okay, maybe the people who own the London Call team don't own. Lo- Wait, who owns London Spitfire,
1: then? C9.
0: Is it? Yeah. Ah, because here, the people that own the um, the COD London team are Red Global. You know what that is, right? Yes. Yeah, so they own the, which is weird, because they own, uh, or they're sponsored also with uh, Rope. Mm-hmm. So that makes that makes me wonder if like C9 was like, nah, we don't want anything to do with this COD franchising, especially since we're putting so much money into Overwatch League. And then Red Global was like, hey, we'll take the spot. Huh. That is very interesting.
1: So two days ago, uh on ESPN and on um the uh on Twitter. Uh, who uh, Jacob Wolf, who's a staff writer for ESPN, broke the news that Crow Inc. Sports and Entertainment, who owns uh, Los Angeles Gladiators, have parted, and because they own it in partnership with the Sentinels organization, um, they have parted ways with Sentinel and they have actually taken their, they have taken LA Gladiators and one of the two future Los Angeles Call of Duty teams. So they will be managing them from their own, like, from basically from their own office front. They are no longer associated, LA gliders are no longer going to be associated with Sentinels. They are essentially just going to be, yeah, they're essentially just going to be their own thing now. Yeah, I think that,
0: that, oh, go ahead.
1: I say, how do you feel about that?
0: Um, I think it's expected, not surprising at all, especially after um, the whole bidding that they, the, the issue that they had with each other. With um, trying to bid for that Call of Duty slot And yeah. uh, Sentinel's kind of being like Hey, like what the fuck Like we we're supposed to be a part of that deal And then on top of them trying to buy Echo Fox And the CEO of Sentinel's coming out Being like, yo, like we're partnered The deals that you're making Clearly aren't having us included in them So what the hell is going on And then like, again, they tried to sue Uh, Cronky or whatever their uh, Financial group is For trying to purchase Echo Fox Mm -hmm. So it's like I'm not surprised that business wise They're stepping away from each other And like just breaking ties because it's kind of like Well we want to do this And every time we try to do something Y'all are stepping in and being like We're going to sue or You can't do that because we want to Cut out the pie and it's like Nah so to me it's not surprising and I think it's just business. I don't think it's really anything um I guess malicious or hostile. I think it's just business and they're cutting business ties.
1: Well, I do hope that uh LA Gladiators fine. Like are still managed very well. They had probably one of the better management teams, systems in 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 uh in the overall league and I would say probably in esports. They had a very they had good marketing, they had good like everything I feel like about their their off Off, for lack of a better word, off the field, like off the field performance was great. So I hope they still get to get continue to get managed.
0: Um, But did they did they uh, make it to the playoffs?
1: They did actually. They made it to the playoffs. They were eliminated uh, from the double elimination bracket, Um, but they still had a pretty good running. So good for them. And I uh, I wish I wish that team the best, and I hope it's it's you know they're not going to be fucked over. Um, like another team that we are hoping doesn't get fucked over through some deals that were just made. Uh, speak, because let's moving on. Uh, the Let's call him, as this article calls him, legendary esports figure Hector Hex Rodriguez um, has officially left Optic Gaming and has now become the co CEO of NRG. Um, you know, he, he's, he spent years, uh, A, helping build the company, B, running it. Um, there was a lot of talk about him, you know, trying to re- repurchase or regain back the optic uh, teams and try to manage it under something new. And Immortals um, was
0: not having that shit.
1: And Immortals was like, nah, you good. You We, we got our shit. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, in, a, in an interview post, him announcing that he's going to, uh, go to NRG you know they asked like how Were you ever going to stay and he said I don't think I ever thought about staying he said if I Knew that if I was not going to be able To get optic back then I Was going to probably go off and do something else it's Just me inside of my head saying It's better for you to do something else it was definitely not Alright uh,
0: On yeah. on that note For what you just read um, I think that was obvious like It really felt like in that whole situation He was up in the air And like I don't know if he knew what was going on per se, but definitely mm-hmm. from the public perspective, and I'm not t- and I'm saying that from like if you don't have cod ties and you aren't like in the know of the, the scene, um, and you're not able to have like a I guess a one-on-one conversation with like the people privy with that information, to me mm-hmm. in the public eye, it it felt very much like Hex was up in the air. No one knew what they like immortals didn't know what they want to do with him. He knew that and it always felt like he came off as like look if I don't get optic I'm out like I don't know what's going on but if if I can't be optic like the thing that I created if I can't maintain the family and bonds that I've you know grown with this thing like I'm out and to me it's always felt that way and it always came off as like Immortals was kind of like toying with him like in the sense of like we want to keep you with Optic but like if that means you leaving because we want to do this with it and you're not on board like we're okay with you leaving that's how it always came off to me is like we're not we'll we'll take the risk of fucking up this brand and doing whatever we want with it even if that means you have to step away Yeah, and I felt like and I don't know if this was might have been business or contract or you know just time consuming and heck finally felt like I'm gonna step away. But at no point did I ever feel like Hector was gonna get Optic back. Yeah. Because Immortals was so determined on getting that LCS spot. And again, I don't know what was going on contract wise where they couldn't just buy Echo spot or Echo Fox's spot, which is still to this day confusing and just doesn't, it makes no sense to me why they didn't purchase that spot. But it just seems like they were hell bent on we're getting this, no one's stopping us, and we're going to get our LCS spot back. And if that means destroying whatever we have to destroy in the process, like it's going to happen. That's how it came yeah. out from the, the public perspective to me. And I think like that's really fucked up because now it's like, like heck. I don't think he wants to build anything from the ground up again. Like, that was years and years of work. Well,
1: yeah, like, it was. I think it was probably 10 almost plus, a decade, almost,
0: like two yeah, decades.
1: Almost, I would say at least 10 plus years of him building it, getting a team. Like, I think he would rather, and I'm not saying he's lazy. I'm not saying anything like that. I'm just saying I think he's just, I think he, you'd be tired after all that. I think you'd be tired after doing all that building and you'd just be like, you know what? I'd rather transition to something where I'm not where I'm not the fucking craftsman. I'd rather transition to something where everything's set in stone and I can just come in and help along and push everything along and continue like continue greatness for lack of a better word.
0: Yeah, and I think I think the industry is also in a space where there's so much there's so many investors and so much big money in it, in it that they're literally making it difficult for you to like start out now. Like yeah, there's probably like little communities and clans and things like that that are popping up. That probably aren't well funded, and they're probably not succeeding phenomenally. Did I say that phenomenally? Yeah.
1: There you go. Um, English words.
0: Because there's so many big investors that are putting money behind these other orgs, where it's kind of like, if you don't have money behind you now, like you're you're gonna be you're not only going to be in the red, but you're going to probably be struggling, right? And I think even with him having as much money as he probably has and the connections that he has, it just probably felt like what optic was, like I don't want to try to replicate that into like this thing that is not optic just because it, you know, what I had got taken from me. So it won't have the same like, you know, optic feel, it'll always feel like the, I guess, the stepchild, and on top of that, I feel like the struggles of trying to now buy back into all these franchises would would kill him, like, not kill him, like, physically, but just, like, morally and probably mentally of, like, like you said, I've done this for two decades, two plus decades now, I'm tired, I don't want to have to build from the ground up, I don't want to have to deal with player contracts in the sense of like players getting scammed or something like me not being aware or privy to something because I'm doing this this and this trying to rebuild this right and and I really and I think a lot of that falls on Immortals again because they were so hellbent on getting that LCS spot
1: they essentially they tore down the legacy and I think for a man to see something that he worked on for such a long time, to have another organization just fucking rip it to shreds just so they could get something else, it's probably like one of the worst feelings. Because because uh, even just take like Houston Outlaws and how like it was like a, a cornerstone of fucking optic gaming, and then what did what did Immortals do? They're just like ah, we don't want it. Somebody will fucking manage it. Okay, bye. Um, you know they did it, and it wasn't malicious. It was just business. But for a few to see something that you worked on for years just get torn apart like that, I think it fucks you up a little bit. And I think it's just like, you know what? I I need something that's not going to get torn apart in front of my eyes again.
0: I Yeah. And like you just said, that's a good point to, you know, uh, broadcasts. It was business. So, right, to the general public, it may have came off of like, yo, this is very, very, like, you guys did this on purpose. It was very malicious. Like, you guys are the bad guys. Like, immortals, you guys are evil. I, I'm i in agreement with the fact that, like what you just said, it is business. But I think in the public view, it would always be viewed as you guys are evil. And I think they knew that, like, we're going to go into this and what we're doing, we're going to come out looking like the bad guys. So with all that aside, we have to keep, you know, putting the business first, like whether it, I guess hinders or boosts our notoriety or, um, rep, um, reputation, we have to like continue on this because we're like set on it. Like this is the plan, but I, I don't know. It, it, it does. I feel like it would just, all people always be, again, like the best word to use is jaded by it because. It, it it feels malicious it feels like you literally made this business plan with the intentions of like that's what it comes off of, off as i'm not saying they did but it felt like it came off with like the intentions of like yeah you built this but like we're going to tear it apart
1: so basically people are, are going to see them as the bad guy right
0: yeah that's how i think i think the general public will always see them as the bad guy When it comes to Optic. (laughs) Are you trying to like bite my bit right now? This guy. This guy is something
1: else. (laughs) I mean, listen. You know what they said?
0: Very true. (laughs) They are the bad guy. Uh,
1: oh, okay, guys. So, yes, they are the bad guy, but they do it for you know you gotta do it for the money. You do it. Unfortunately, that's how it is in this type of business. As soon as as your business get bigger and bigger and bigger, decisions need to need to be made, things need to be torn apart, and, and that's how it works. So, my friend, what would you like to get into next?
0: As disgusting as this topic is to me. Uh we have to talk about it but I'm and this is the thing with me it like it, I'm conflicted because like I want to see this thing do well because it's esports and video game related but at the same time I want to see it fail
1: Oh chill.
0: and that is this video game entertainment news network aka Ven
1: And man. for those of you
0: who don't know <clears throat> Essentially, like, what this will be, it will be like G4. And for those of you who are really young and don't know what G4 was, or...
1: G4 was a shitty channel, TV channel that tried all right, to pretend you like... you your
0: goddamn mouth. It
1: listen, was shitty, but
0: we loved it. They tried to pretend
1: like they were this company, they were this channel that was all about video games and technology, and it was... It was
0: it well, it was before they started showing cops and Campus PD. <clears throat>
1: that's how they paid for the fucking shows that you love. And loved. Cheater. Never forget
0: no, that No I know that I'm Don't saying forget your I'm, fucking I'm saying roots. before that I'm saying long before that Like it was working But then it started to dwindle Because again video games And technology Well technology was popular but video games Was not What it is today I, 100% if G4 Was announced Or released or came out What three or four years ago it would have been blowing up right now. It might. I guarantee you, G four would be uh, as popular as Twitch. well One hundred percent.
1: I don't see it.
0: Be, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be bigger or in in like the same live streaming realm. But it'd probably be one of the largest and most watched cable channels and or stream channels, whether it be Mixer, uh, Twitch. It would be massive because there was nothing like G4 on television for gamers at that point. Like, and again, it wasn't just like, hey, it's a Saturday morning. We're going to show you some battle. Uh, What was it? Um, Heroes of the Dorm or here's the Overwatch League. Like it was actual like, hey, here's a cheat code on like GTA San Andreas to get you through like this game or like funny stuff. Um. Here's like actual games review with X Play and like uh, Adam Sessler and Morgan Webb. You had Attack of the Show with uh, 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 what's her name, Olivia Munn and uh, I forgot the dude's name, Kevin something. But like it was actual uh, like video game like entertainment, not just like. In a sense, it wasn't like everyone's a content creator. It was like a hub that you could go to and be like, I know exactly what I'm getting for G from G four. They even had a TV show that was, I think, 45 minutes long. And all it did was show you, like, five-minute clips of gameplay for video games. And that was, like, essentially, like, a review or, like, a trailer. If you wanted to go and buy a game, like, you knew what you were going to purchase. But now it's like, oh, I'm just going to watch the streamer play this video game and spoil it for myself.
1: Well, yeah, you had, okay, I'll give you that. X-Play was cool.
0: X-Play was extremely dope. Like, that might have been one of the main reasons why I even, like, went to G. It took me a minute for for me to get into and understand Attack of the Show. But it was great, like, once I got into it. And honestly, to be fair, I don't think we would have got Chris Hardwick without G4. Ew, don't
1: say it's...
0: You wouldn't have got the Talking Dead host without G4. I'm just being honest.
1: So and I know Talking
0: is- Dead and all those like hosting gigs after like those popular AMC shows. You wouldn't have got Chris Hardwick. And oh, we wouldn't have that. gotten the corny trash web series The Soup. I love it. Well,
1: I mean we did get The Soup. We, we, we had The Soup was on E. We just didn't get Web Soup.
0: That one. That's the one.
1: Yeah. Who would have got it? But well, we don't mention Chris Hardwick on this podcast.
0: Well, too late. I already did.
1: He's a piece of shit.
0: Why? What'd he do to you?
1: I mean, he didn't do anything to me, but he's kind of a piece of shit. I also just never liked him. Like, I never liked his podcast. He always just came off as, like, really, like, douchey about, to, oh, I was an alcoholic and now I'm recovered and I'm better than you. Oh, fuck you. you.
0: Wait, are you shitting on him for being a recovering alcoholic?
1: No, I'm shitting on him because of uh, all the rumors that he was an abusive uh, boyfriend to a bunch of different, to various exes. Um, yeah, and that he took advantage of nerd culture uh, with Doctor Who. And he's like, oh, I'm a Doctor Who fan, and it's like, now he doesn't even fucking talk about Doctor Who, and then, yeah.
0: Um, that's everyone in the gaming space right now.
1: I know, and I hate everyone in the gaming space.
0: Okay, fair. <laughs> but yeah so Ven is essentially so they're, they're wording oh, yeah
1: we weren't even fucking talking about G4 we were fucking talking about Ven.
0: well that's what Ven is supposed to be it's supposed to be G4 right but their wording is we're going to be the MTV of video games um hello you should have just said we're gonna be we're bringing back G4 but under a different name that's what you should have said for one two no one cares watches or gives two shits about MTV. Because M- MTV went from being about music to being all about reality shows. And yeah. if you haven't noticed, all the v- video game reality shows have failed.
1: Yeah. Most likely so, within the first season. So I'm ready for a Jersey Shore video games edition. I'm ready.
0: Um, They tried that. Sort of. What was it called? It was the stupid Lux Gaming thing.
1: What? Talk to me.
0: What? I don't need to know. So, uh, alright, I'm about to hate all the terms I'm going to use and like the fact that I even have to describe this, but this was something that uh, me and Dosh have laughed about multiple times. Right? So, Lux Gaming was a female gaming group um, I guess created by uh, what's her name? Zoe Berger and what her premise was was to get a bunch of female gamers to live in one house and film it and have, I guess, like a reality TV show. But it was like mm-hmm. all these girls who were like, the best way to describe it
1: is e girls.
0: <laughs> and
1: can I, can I ask you a question then? Yes. My, my lovely co host of So Good game, game Do Us Part. Did they make Ron Rondrews? Did they go to Karma? Huh? Did they Jersey Turnbike? No. Did they fist bump? No. Did they GTL? No. First I'm of saved. all, I don't even think audience, they no they would have been even does.
0: clever enough to come up with half of that stuff.
1: I mean, you ain't wrong. And half
0: of them, I'm like a hundred percent sure, were selling premium Snapchats.
1: Also never forget the the fact that the, the the producers of Jersey Shore like are fucking geniuses. And you will never be able to re- replicate that. That that like it's to the point like you made a whole ass you made you made a whole ass state be hated by people. You made someone be a completely associated. And and with on that top show. of that
0: not only did you make them hate a certain area but the people on the show weren't even from that area and you had everyone hating that area while quoting those people.
1: Exactly.
0: Do you know how many times people have yelled out, well, now they probably yell out Uber's here, but taxi's
1: here?
0: Cabs are here, man. Taxi's on a Like
1: Taxi's on (laughs) a Like You know how many people
0: were yelling that out? Yeah. I was yelling it out when someone would pull up and be like, Yo, I'm going to pull the car around or something. Taxes here, cabs here. Like, yes, you're right. Those people are geniuses. But those people are also probably, like, super into, like, what works in reality TV shows. And I think with, with when it comes to video games is we don't know how to create drama without it being, like, awkward. Like, reality TV show drama is... Is corny, cringy, but it's laughable, right? Because, like, you know, like, okay. At and, some point, you realize, it, like, it's scripted.
1: And it's addicting.
0: And it's addicting. Video game, like, drama. I'm not talking about real drama. I'm talking about, like, generated, crafted drama for content purposes. It's always cringy because the people that they're trying to get to do it are not comfortable being in these situations in the first place. So it comes off awkward and they're not comfortable being awkward in front of a camera. Like they're not like awkward situations are like truly awkward for them. Like they don't want to be in it versus like someone who's weird like me. I love awkward situations, but to everyone else, it comes off as funny and not actually awkward. Like for example,
1: it's also the idea of if you actually had a a re like a reality gaming show, I think about 80% of either your audience has never experienced like being drunk in a club or like hooking up with somebody that like they don't really want. Like it's, it's, it's a weird, like they never really experienced that type of party culture. And I think you, unless you had like cast people who were doing that, that's why it comes up as awkward because half these people have never experienced those. They don't, they, they, and it's almost the idea of like people look down upon that lifestyle and then so that when you try to force people to be like that, they're like, I, I can't do this because I've never done this. And therefore, I look down upon it when I was younger. Exactly. And, now, and I think it's also because, and I think why, to bring it back, I think why a network like Venn will probably succeed is because you have a lot more. Say it. For lack of a clout. For lack, I would say clout, but you have people that have a lot more well-rounded lifestyles. Cause back in the day, if you were a video gamer, if you were a nerd, you were that. That was it. You weren't doing anything else. Nowadays you have a lot of like you have a lot of video game nerds that are, you know, that are, you know, you have a lot of people, Oh, I play DD, but I work out four times a week. I you know, I, I lift weights, you know. Like you have guys like Vin Diesel being like, I've been playing the same fucking d D campaign since high school you have people like Joe Maglia being like, I literally in my million dollar home built the and D room, but also I'm I'm married to Sofia Vergara and also have like a 27 pack. Um, you know, you have a, you know you have girls who are like, I'm comfortable in my body to do semi nude photo shoots, but also I'm a fucking nerd and I and I do spend those nights playing uh, such and such game for 27 hours. You have girls that have Patreons that also play Final Fantasy 14 for 23 hours a day, and they're like, but also I look hot, so buy my Patreon. You have more and more people that are comfortable in their own bodies and comfortable with a party lifestyle on top of also being nerds. So I think uh, an organization like Ben is going to do well because its I think it's looking to cater to those type of people, to those people who are more well-rounded. So, And I think because we're having more and more people that are more well-rounded, I, I think they're going to do well what's up
0: yeah i think they will do well again i don't want to see it you know do poorly at all again it's a it's a topic and genre and a community that i love it's just the fact that again it's being promoted like as again their wording is mtv and not g4 and i don't know if it's because G4 failed and now has a negative stigma of like ill G4 versus like MTV where it had like ill MTV but it was still doing well and it never went off air. And now it's making a revival.
1: We'll never forget that G4 was a network that tried to have Olivia Munn eat like a bunch of hot dogs in her mouth just so a bunch of fucking weirdos could be like "Eh, Olivia Munn deep throating a bunch of hot dogs like never forget they were still low key sexist They were still They were trying to pretend like they weren't But they were
0: I mean I'm not going to say to be fair But like That's a part of the video game industry Not saying it's right And it should be But I'm saying like In early 2000 Like 2001 2004 Whatever When G4 was around Like That was a video game norm So like It was It was kind of like expected Or not it, It wasn't surprising right yeah we have all this like positivity and like we're trying to cancel out toxicity when it comes to like like video games now but like that's still a part of the industry like look at how many people just got called out for being creepy weirdos like Uh, two weeks ago
1: um uh
0: yeah i hope no one heard that but anyway uh
1: (laughs) you're gonna have to fucking blurb over me now huh uh
0: uh, (laughs) maybe But, like, think about, like, those composers and all those people that just came out, like, in regards to, like, all this creepy rich shit that they just did. But it's, like, and it's in every industry, so it's, like, not new, like, you know, the music industry is sexist, like, video game industry is sexist. Like, entertainment and, like, business is sexist in general, right? So, G4 being sexist, I think them saying, like, hey, we're coming out to be, like if you guys remember G4 and those of you don't, here's what it is like, this is what we're trying to do, but like the improved version. And maybe I'm just like getting hung up on the wording too much, but it's like, if they're trying to be like MTV, does that mean we're going to get like these weird reality shows that will probably not do that great because it's either going to be people who aren't super familiar with video games or the communities of video games, having like these reality shows and it being probably decent reality, but it's like, dumb because they're not associated with the thing that we love or is it going to be cringy and awkward because that's what a majority of gamers still are cringy and awkward yeah you have beautiful looking people men and women who you know probably aren't as awkward and can have these interactions but how many of those same people are in this space because again it's in pop culture it's cool to be a part of it not actually like i'm in this for this and it's And again, with video games, we have to be so accepting of everyone because it's not cool and it's not fair to say, well, you're not a gamer because you play this or because you've been gaming for X amount of time and you can't, you can't really say, oh, you're not a gamer because, you know, like you can't tell people's intentions. But I think there's a decent amount of people. Who, if you just look at the way that they move within the industry, how they act, how they talk, what they do, it comes off as like not genuine to this space. And I think that's my like my issue with like the the revival of like this type of network is how many people are going to how many people is this network going to bring into a light who's not a hundred percent like about this i guess lifestyle what
1: if, just, what if they just have a show called fake fake nerds and it's just people it's just them exposing fake people in the gaming industry
0: yeah but see then a show like that will get like shit on because i was like oh how can you say that this person is not a gamer because they play mobile games or they wear yeezys or you know like they only play like an man. hour a day. Like
1: man, everyone wears Yeezys. I saw like an old man wearing Yeezys the other day.
0: But that's the, that's the only thing I don't like about gaming now, is like we have to be so <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> I thought you were gonna say that's what I don't like about Yeezys.
0: Oh no, no, no. I have a pair, I can't say that, and they're super comfortable. Um But that's the thing that I like, that I hate about like gaming right now is that like it's like we're full like I don't mind being progressive. But I also sometimes if I think that someone's not genuine to the space, I wanna be able to say like I don't think that guy or chick really cares about video games. I think they're really just doing this because they are or can be popular within this space.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Plain and simple. Like
1: okay. I don't okay. care about
0: what game you play, how often you play Hell, you could play like me, you could play auto chess for eight hours a day. I don't play auto chess for eight hours a day, but
1: Yeah, not you always. play for seven.
0: Exactly, but I don't care about what you play, how long you play it, how long you've been within video games. I just want to know that you're playing a video game because you enjoy it. You like making friends. um, You you enjoy like the stories that are created and like. I guess what I'm trying to say is, do your history. If you want to be a part of the industry, or I guess genuine to the space, do some research. Some research.
1: It doesn't have to be,
0: huh? No, yeah, keep going. Oh, like it doesn't have to be. Oh, I went back and played everything like on the Super NES. Like you don't have to go hardcore, because even I don't. I haven't played every game on the the Super Nintendo, but I'm aware of what a Super Nintendo is and some games that were on it. But just go back and do some research. Mm. I feel like if you ask a decent amount of people now, like about certain games or. You know, what got them into gaming? It'd probably be like, oh, I wanted to stream. Nothing wrong with that. It's like, why did you want to stream? Because you wanted to get popular? You saw people making a lot of money from it? Or did you actually just want to build a community and showcase you playing a video game and have fun and be entertaining? Because as soon as that IRL and just chatting popped off on Twitch... A lot of people became from Just Chatter streams.
1: Teach these devils. Teach these devils. A
0: lot of people started showing up and just doing some really weird things to be considered and called a streamer when it had nothing to do with gaming. Like some of them, I did notice some of them were gaming prior. But again, that's because there was no Just Chatting thing where they didn't have to play. Hmm. And that's where you get the whole thing with people, you know, some people saying like, oh, this girl has her cam, there's no gameplay, or or this dude is playing and it's a recorded video, it's not actually him playing. It's because some of those people were not into video games. They just wanted to be considered a streamer, try to get popular, get some donations, make some money. They did not give two fucks about video games or the people that actually played them.
1: TC Devils.
0: So that's all I'm saying. And again, I want to see Vin do great things I want to see them put up you know great statistics and not lie about them that's my biggest thing like don't lie about them and don't try to skew the numbers so that it looks like this platform is and again that's part of business now is to skew numbers and make it look like you're doing phenomenal but I want it to actually do phenomenal and not say hey we're doing great and then in uh, two years it'd be like actually we weren't doing great we're canceling this whole thing
1: And everyone who worked for us is unemployed now. Exactly.
0: Like, I don't know where half the people who worked for G4 are at now. Like, when G4 Uh, got shut down, I don't know where most of those employees went.
1: There was no update. Oh, you're talking about just, like, the actual people? Yeah, I'm just talking about the network people.
0: Mm. I just remember there being a counter saying, hey, this is going to be the end of G4, they had like a clock in like office It hit the timer and then they were like, that's it. No more G4. And then like, I never heard anything more of the employees. Yeah. So i ranted about that, but what, what are your thoughts on, I guess, having G4 back? That's what I'm going to keep calling. I'm just going to keep calling the G4.
1: I mean, I was totally okay with it. As you could tell, I made a whole thing that it's going to be for those people. yeah that it's it's going to be for those more uh well-rounded video game people and i don't think it's going to really say, i think it's going to further put a wedge between like introverted nerdy people to and like the extroverted like i have other things going on uh nerds but I think, I think I think you said everything that needs to be said. So, speaking of basically bringing back a rebrand of something, you want to get into maybe like one or more topics and including the E3 rebrand that's maybe happening? I
0: do, because that also bleeds into the Venn topic.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: With what you just said, right? I think the network will be more for the mainstream, 100%. And you brought up a good point. I think it'll be more focused for the people who want to be in some sort of limelight and be popular versus, like, the people who probably care less about it and actually just want to enjoy video games and will continue to play video games and are super, super passionate about it. Because even though, again, I feel like G4 was great, I feel like the people who actually cared about video games We're kind of like "Mm, you know I don't care if G4 is here or not I'm going to continue to game and again I think it's just because it's in the mainstream, it's popular, it's a way to get more attention and money into the industry and give people who want to become more popular within the space a network platform in the same way that MTV has Mm -hmm. given so many people um, some sort of tv presence and platform
1: yeah
0: like for example a lot of people who are in love and hip-hop have some sort of great media presence whether it be Mm -hmm. social media just they have some type of great presence um and i think that's what this will be but Mm -hmm. moving into the potential e3 rebrand it's, it's It's been well known, and I've probably documented that E3 has not been doing great uh, viewership in attendee-wise. Like, I don't think I went the past two years. And last year, I was like, I'm not going because there's really no point. Mm-hmm. There, there was nothing the year prior that would be like, oh, I need to come back and see. Like, I can just watch this and look at Twitter from home to see what's dropping and coming out. Um but essentially what their rebrand is supposed to be is a way to bring in more attendees, more viewership by i guess changing what they're doing now which is essentially and that's what it is and was supposed to be it was a a game trade show it was supposed to be where the industry people got together showed off their game to the media and you know the public, viewing public from home and they have a bunch of meetings and uh, you know, talk numbers and, hey, how are we going to do this and do all this business stuff? And I think they started to realize because of the way that the, the industry was shifting that E3 or ESA realized, hey, we need to make money. We're probably losing a lot of money by you guys just coming here and only doing business. And we're not our our attendance and viewership aren't going up. So we're not getting the same amount of revenue. So this is probably getting expensive. What can we do to make it so that we're getting a positive revenue from this? Right. Mm. The only thing that I don't like about it is that they have this intention of bringing in.
1: who' say it, say it, say it, say it.
0: Influencers. I
1: yeah. Fucking, I fucking
0: hate that word, dude. Influencers, influencers, influence. Like, some of you guys aren't influencers. Like, or or you're an influencer, but you don't have influence. Like, there's a difference than just being called an influencer and having all these numbers and actually having influence and making an impact. And that's the thing that I don't like. And that's the the negative connotation that I think will come with this rebrand of E3 into, like, this festival-esque gaming type of uh convention. Because it's not gonna go it's not gonna be to some extent, it'll lose that feel of this is about the games. Because it's so easy to be like, oh yeah, you well, you know, video games are video games are, are an experience. So you're getting this experience, blah, blah, blah. But it's like E3 was never meant to be about. And again, this could just me trying to live in the past and I guess be nostalgic. I did air quotes when I said nostalgic, but me being nostalgic of like, this is a trade show, like this is to showcase people and make them want and get them hype. And I guess now the only way to get people hype is to have them either be nostalgic or create some sort of unique experience that has them interact. I don't know. I think because E3 was, and I don't know if they will still be with like with this change if they actually do it, but because it was so expensive to come in as a non-industry person, like that's what made the, like, I guess attendance go down because one, it's really hard to get into the video game industry, but then once esports blew up, you have so many more people who are now in the space, who are technically industry, who are now coming to this and they move to LA. So now it's like, you're not bringing that much money into the city of LA. Like people aren't flying out. And then the people that are in LA who are in the industry don't need to go every single day to the event. They can go one day and then drive home Yeah. and then do the same thing next year. Versus so like prior, where it was like the trade show, or you yeah, had everyone from the industry. It's like these people are flying in, bringing money to the city of LA, and then staying there for a week. You know, going every day to E three, conducting business. Now it's like you just go, and it's again this whole experience thing. And maybe well, that's now, what's
1: needed well, for no E like three to a, change. It's no longer like a business adventure. Now it's it's like a it it feels almost like a con because you go, oh cool cool this is fun, and then you leave. Like back in the day, as you said, people would stay for a week, they would generate all this business, They hotels, restaurants, all that stuff would pop off. It would be essentially like, excuse me, if San Diego Comic Con, like if nobody, if it wasn't packed out, if people would just go to the con for a day and then wouldn't go to the surrounding areas, they wouldn't go to the restaurants, they wouldn't go to the hotels, that would die so quickly because if people just stayed in the con and then left and did nothing else, it would die So you are right there's not going to be any is, You know and they do I don't necessarily agree with them Rebranding for like influencers Influencers and stuff like that Like I just feel like ugh.
0: I think what it is is Because The industry has forced, to se- forced Itself to be so Social And our society Has become so revolving around i don't know if is a word but i'm making it a word revolvent around numbers and viewership that it's like all these things have to change because we're losing money because these numbers aren't here we can't say we're getting these numbers and showcase these numbers like numbers 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 and because we don't have x number and these other guys are these numbers correlate with the amount of money that we're making And if we're not making top dollar X amount of money, then technically we fail, even though they might still be in the green and making a decent amount of money. But it's like, we could make more if we do this or if we follow this, right? Uh So do I think that E3 needs to make changes? 100%. I think E3 has become, I guess for the lack of better words, is dull. And part of that is because you end up standing in line so damn long to play five or ten minutes of a demo. Um, But also because, like, people are only watching it for the showcases. There's not, again, like when we had G4 and X-Play and all these other TV shows, they were actually showcasing things from the, the show floor. Which is, yeah. to some extent, kind of hard to do. Like, I think the last two years ago or three years ago, the last time that I went to E3, like, you couldn't bring... They were telling people that they couldn't bring cameras in. Like, oh, certain no. certain people or certain like a certain uh, part of the show floor, like, you couldn't bring a camera in. They're like, no, you can't bring equipment in here. So it's like, okay, well, if we can't come on the floor and, like, showcase the games that are out on the show floor, then, like, we literally only have the showcasing. Like what, what, what do people want to see? Like people want to see people standing in line playing these games and having conversations with the people who just, Oh my God, this demo is so great, blah, blah, blah. Like I thought, you know, I played Gears three and this Gears four game was awesome. Like, I'm so excited to get like, people want to hear that and hear these experiences. Not just like, Hey, here's the CEO of Xbox or, the the president of Nintendo come out and speak and then that's it that's all you get you never see any of the games like played out, outside of like the show floor and that could be because we've become so secretive and everything is got to be monetized in DLC and we don't want people to see it so blah 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 mm-hmm. but that is a positive of like some uh, a network like ven is because they might have associations with the people from uh ESA or a certain developer and say hey like we want to come to E3 and like do a bunch of stuff. We want to walk around and show the show floor and them change it, like trying to, to rebrand E3. That is a positive. Like if they rebrand it and they're, you know, allowing people to come in and create in a sense, these uh, experiences for people at home who can't attend E3 or make it to E3 without it being uh I guess all driven in the sense of like influencers, influence, influence, like, oh, let's get a popular streamer here and have them post a picture of them holding a controller or a t-shirt with our game on it. And like people liking it, like that's this whole engagement experience, but it's not like, I I feel like, okay, yeah, they hit a like button. Yeah. That's like some tech starter track data. BS that they're like, okay, they liked it. That's engagement versus like, oh, someone sat down and watched this and now they're going to purchase it. You know what I mean? Like you can't, and maybe you can, maybe I'm not privy to this, but based on the number of people who like this photo of this popular streamer wearing a t-shirt, how does that correlate with the number of copies that the game sold? Versus if someone watches it And they're going out and tweeting, like, hey, I just pre-ordered, like, a copy of this game. I can't wait to play it. That's, like, a way of actually gauging, like, the interaction or, like, the viewership of, hey, I saw this game at E3, like, I'm gonna go get it. So, yeah, um, uh, I think the only thing that bothers me about this E3 thing is the influencer part of it, like, that's the only part that really bothers me.
1: Yeah, and I I, I, I honestly see why, um... Yeah.
0: but kind of speaking on like that last point that where I just said, you know, how does it gauge on um, who purchases the game? I want to get into the final topic of uh, the value of a streamed video game. And okay. I don't know, I don't know how long this chat will, this conversation will go on about this specific topic because I've talked about it with someone outside of the podcast before. Uh, just to get their insight. But this is, this is why I asked this question, right? I was like, what is the value of a stream video game, uh, streaming or subscription base versus like traditional game purchase, you know, physical or digital download. And I asked this because within the music industry right now, we see a lot of, uh, knowing, no one knowing how much a stream is worth, right? Like when you push play on Spotify, Apple title, and that song plays, we don't know the value of that play, right? The general public. right. And I had the same thought of, well, the video game industry mirrors the music industry and traditional sports more than uh, we think it does. So if a lot of games are moving to subscription based and uh, you know streaming through like stadia and like the Nvidia shield and things like that. How do we know what the value of one playthrough of a video game is or how much time spent playing a game equals X amount of dollars, right? Because if you think about it, we knew like physical copies and digital downloads. Cool. I'm paying 60 bucks for this game. That's one copy sold. But when someone's paying for, um, for example, Stadia or like, uh, what's the Xbox service? Um,
1: the monthly p- pass or Yeah, like the,
0: the monthly subscription or like the PlayStation now and you stream it, you download the game and you play it. How do you gauge what a sale is from that? Because I honestly see <clears throat> gaming moving to the same space that uh music has in the sense of at some point you probably I don't see it well, happening okay. anytime soon, but you might not so, be able to purchase video games. It'll only be streaming. So
1: okay, so the way I see it is the way kind of how Apple Music works, in that they pay their they they go to the artist to say, hey, we want to put your shit on Apple Music. And the person goes, cool, and they go, what we're gonna do is we're gonna take us we're gonna take a chunk of what we make for get while people pay for Apple Music, people pay ten dollars a month, um, multiply that by millions, and then you got a fucking fucked ton of money. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a, a chunk of that money and we're gonna give it to you. Um, which it brings up the the idea though is that yes we gauge uh you gauge something by okay it would be the same thing in the sense that hey video game company i we're we want to put this game on the streaming platform every month or whatever we have this big sum of money that we have and we agree to a percentage that you're going to get of that of that big chunk um so i think it's i think these companies these video game people are still getting paid i just think they're just getting paid a little bit differently um I think it used to be direct. Hey, someone bought X game for the money and we get that money. <clears throat> cool, great. But I think because of this, I think they're going to get more money through video game streaming because it's like people are going to be like, oh, cool, I can buy this game. I can rent this game, whatever. I can stream this game and then I never have to worry about it. I don't have to worry about a physical copy. I don't have to worry about a space on my hard drive. I don't have to do any of that. I just boot it up, play it, and then when I'm done with it, I delete the fucking app. Basically, I delete the app that gives me access to the game. Done. And I think that's going to be more appealing to people than buying physical copies and downloading physical copies.
0: Well, th- well, that I get. But what I'm saying is, how do how are we then going to gauge the value <clears throat> of what one playthrough is, and like what publishers should get and what devs should get? Because essentially the the publishers are like the the record label, right? They're the middleman. Yeah. So are we going to start seeing a lot more uh, studio, like developer studios, going? I guess mm-hmm. essentially indie and having you know just going straight to the streaming platform and just not being associated mm-hmm. with the publisher at all. Mm-hmm. And then the ones who decide to stick with the publisher, how is that revenue getting split between the publishers and the developers? That, that's think, more of a, like what because that this, well, this is another because,
1: thing. I, I would say, I think because of streaming, I think we're going to see like more of, like, video game developers getting more money than publishers. Because but is think, that because
0: they're going indie?
1: I don't think it's because they're going indie. Well, I guess it would technically be indie. Because a
0: publisher is a publisher more than likely will cut a bigger check for themselves than they will the developers. More than likely. Unless there's some clause that says, hey, we can only take 20, 30% of, like, what we do for you.
1: Well I think also that's why you see people being like exclusive to PlayStation exclusive to um, Xbox or whatever because the 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 publisher and also the main company are one and the same because they go into this video game and be like hey we're both the main people we're both, we're both the publisher and the and the platform that your shit is going to be on so we're getting some we're getting money as both but you're going to get more money because there's no middleman anymore because technically they're both the middle, they're both, they're, 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 oh God, I don't know how to say it. They're both men. They're both men, Troy.
0: <laughs> well, that's sexist of you. You're being sexist right now.
1: Oh my God. They're the people. All right. They're the pusher. They're, you know, it's like. I get what you're.
0: They're, they're the developer and the publisher. So there's no one between them. It's just, you're dealing with us. Right. Exactly. Is that what you're getting at? It's
1: like, yeah, it's 21 drug street. Infiltrate the dealers, find the suppliers. There is no dealer. It's just a supplier.
0: True. Going straight to the source. But then that brings me to this question. People who have physical copies of classic games, do those lose their value? If I have a copy of original Spyro that might, you know, okay. like let, let's say a she- holographic cover never been open and on a streaming platform, people would be like, Well, I could pay $699. Just, just an example. Six ninety nine on PlayStation uh, now and play Spyro and cool, hey. I got the game experience. Or, hey, this guy has a classic copy of Spyro that's never been opened and it's like original. I'm gonna pay two hundred dollars for it.
1: I just think it depends on the availability of the game. I think if it's available for streaming, absolutely that fucking that value is gonna go down. I don't I think people are gonna be like, I don't need a physical copy. That's fine, whatever. Keep your fucking thing. But if it's a game like Legend of Dragoon. God, I feel like I bring this up on a regular basis outside this podcast, where it was available on the PlayStation Three network for like maybe like a year, and then they took it away, and now you can only get it if you have a physical copy, and you know turrets and shit, torrents, turrets, torrents. It's gonna the value is gonna go up. Um, that's that's how I feel. If you can get the game, you're fine. You're the you're not good. You the value of your Your product is is done.
0: Does that bother you at all? The fact that games going on a streaming platform then could be, like, taken away and removed and uploaded as damn well pleased, like, a Kanye West album? Like, hey, actually, you know what? Mm, We don't want, like, we're vaulting this game. Like, you guys don't get access anymore.
1: Absolutely fucking not. Because that's business, baby. Because guess what? You know who's been doing it for years? Fucking Disney. You got the Disney Vault, right? Oh, it's in the vault. I'm never gonna be able to get it again. Wait, ten years. Oh, guess what? It's coming out of the vault, motherfuckers! Like that's how you get business. Is is you you take these game you take these games away, you bring them back. You maybe say like, oh, it's a new version, or it has like everything that it is, or it comes with a digital art book of fucking so and so fucking showing his dick. I don't know, but you know what I'm saying. What?
0: Where? What? This is the second <laughs> I time. Today, that you've mentioned that the first one before we started recording, any oh, we're not going to get into it. Can anyway. you not,
1: just but do you see what I'm saying? Do you I, see what I'm saying?
0: I do, it's, but isn't
1: it's it's the, and yes, Disney Vault, it's physical collections. But think about it this way yes, it's it's physical, but it's the same sort of premise. It's like, hey, we have this game on stream, cool, keep playing it. Oh, you love it, cool. Hey, tell your friends about it. Oh, cool. Hey, all your friends know about it, but. Sealed in the vault, man. Can't get it right now. Sorry. So essentially,
0: it's like it's Super awesome Smash Bros. Melee. Like, anytime you go into a GameStop, oh uh, yeah, we don't have a copy of Melee, but you go on eBay, uh, I don't want to spend $150 cool. on
1: and here, Melee. And here's what I'm going to say. And what it's going to be, it's like, hey, you didn't play this game. Sorry, dude. But we got these other games, and who the fuck knows? Maybe we'll come out with it in a year or so. Oh, I didn't say that. And then someone's like, cool, I'll sign up for this streaming service. And they do. And then guess what? The company, the the uh, the video game design, they come to the video game designer and they're like, "Hey, uh, we want to re-release your game out to the public again. Uh, can we do it?" And you know what the video game people can say? I want more money. And then like, you know what? There's a there's a high demand to it. I'll make money off it because everyone's going to be clawing to get it. You'll make money because you're getting more money, and it's back on the market. And right, then let me uh, throw a rebuttal at you. And then us dumb fucks are like, hey, remember that game that was thirty nine ninety nine to stream it for unlimited times? Now it's fifty nine ninety nine because they added an extra art book of that guy with his dick. Da-da-da. Alright,
0: that's a third time.
1: Alright. What's up with I, you tonight? It's, it's just a joke. Like, I think it's funny. Whatever. <laughs> Continue. Make your fucking rebuttal, please.
0: So my rebuttal to that is unlike music, right? Music is you, you don't really vault music. That would be really stupid. Because then you're not making money off of your music. You know what I mean? If you vault it. Video games, to me, aren't like Disney movies who have this, not all, not all uh, video games, but a majority are not like Disney movies, where it's like, it has that monetary value. It's like, video games are like, mm, if people aren't playing it, it's probably going to lose value just because you announced like, oh, we brought out a new DLC you should go back and play it. Some games it'll work for, but I guess what well, my question is is, okay. so okay. so a lot of games are starting to be like the subscription based model, battle passes, things like okay. that. What sense would it make for them to vault a video game if they're if the whole purpose of the video game is to have people outside of uh, narrative okay. games okay. is to have people play, buy DLC, buy battle passes, and keep playing the game and spending more money. Will, so with with what you said. Smart. With what you're you so said, will smart. only will only like narrative games be vaulted? Or do you think subscription based games can get away with it as well?
1: No, and here's my idea. And here's my rebuttal to so your rebuttal. Motherfuckers still buying Final Fantasy eight. Motherfuckers like it, that shit dropped on the Switch and everyone's like, oh my God and they lost their collective shit. Final Fantasy 7 came out again for the Switch. People bought that shit. They ate that shit. Final Fantasy 9. People bought that shit up. So yes, I'm gonna say it won't be subscription-based games. It'll be narrative games. But that's how. That's where the real money is. You vault away those those narrative games that they offer this unique one. Not unique, but they offer this this like, well, okay, this unique narrative story that you're not gonna see from a subscription-based game, from a battle pass, from anything like that. You can be so much fucking battle pass content. I don't give a shit sometimes because shit, I really miss fucking playing such and such RPG. I risk playing Legend of Dragoon. I really wish they would re-release Legend of Dragoon. Can somebody please re-release Legend of Dragoon for the Switch? I'm just... Just I think there's
0: more value to... (laughs) I think there's more value to subscription-based games than having people buy these battle passes. Right now. Right now. But I, I, I do agree with you. I think... And I was just asking to get your thought, but I do think it will be narrative story games that get vaulted and that they will continue to generate nostalgic money from because, again, we're idiots and for some reason we can't resist buying things that it's been four years and we still have a copy of it, but because it's new and everyone's hype about it because they enjoyed it.
1: I spent two weeks convincing myself not to buy Final Fantasy VIII Remastered. I literally was like... No, I didn't buy it. I was literally like, you don't need it. You don't need it. And then I feel like next week or tomorrow morning is payday and I'm gonna look at my bank account and be like fuck I need that shit and then I'm gonna have it and then I'm gonna play it and be like wow this is cool well that's it guess I'll delete it off my Switch now that I beat it like that's it and then like and then guess what 10 years down the road they're gonna re-release it again I'll be like oh shit like do you know how many fucking times I played L.A. Noir on various platforms I played it on PC I played it on Xbox I played it on my Switch like I just keep playing it and mostly because I'm like man I like the feeling of being like yeah Yeah, I gotta find out who supplied that black tar heroin. Because it's also the idea of like, there's a lot of narrative games that don't, that offer a unique story that you don't ever see. Like these Battle Royale games, all like a lot of them are very much the same. Like, um, but like you, these narrative games offer things that you don't experience. And I think, and I think give us about eight years down the road, somebody's gonna, they're gonna be re releasing Detroit Become Human, like in some capacity. In like an, in a remaster or like in a collector's anniversary edition or something like that, and there's gonna be a lot of people be like, shit, I remember that, and feeling like this emotional connection to the fucking dude that everybody cosplays at, and oh shit, I want to replay it, and then they replay it, and I'm like, oh man, that was so good, and then it's gonna it's gonna slowly drift away, and then maybe it comes back, or maybe somebody's like, hey, here's a sequel to Detroit: Become Human, and it's called Los Angeles: Become Human, and you're just like, holy shit, you remember this fucking game? Just how they did with fucking. Uh, what game is coming out now? Deadly Premonition. Is, is it Deadly Premonition? I think it is. Now I gotta look it up. Yeah. Is it Deadly Premonition 2? Yeah. Deadly Premonition 2. And everyone's like, holy shit, Deadly Premonition. I fucking remember that game. And now this, they're like, hey, we're re-releasing it on the Switch and on the PlayStation market. Remember that fucking game? And you're gonna be like, oh, fuck, let me buy it before number two comes out. See, my
0: it's, only thing with... And I'm, I'm, I agree with everything you just said. My only thing <clears throat> is, is they are starting to get really cocky. And it's like, hey, remember that you guys loved, uh, what's that game called? Um, oh, yeah, The Last of Us. Remember that game? You guys love that, right? You guys just purchased it on the PS3. Well, guess what? You can buy the remastered version on PS4, even though you just played The Last of Us uh, like nine months ago. I think... That's my only problem with and, what you and just and said, like not not Troy. you saying it, but the industry
1: and Troy, what the fuck do we do? Yeah we eat that shit up because we're idiots exactly
0: but I'm just saying are. I'm just saying like I hate that they do that like and I get again, that's marketing, they, selling business, it's hate, playing on people's they, emotions. You hate,
1: you hate that they play us?
0: <laughs> yeah, but I'm just like it, okay, I get it, it
1: I mean it, it's the idea of it's the idea of telling somebody a we can't be together right now you give them that little bit of hope and they just keep coming back like right now and they're like no not now you're like soon maybe not now and you're like okay it's the same thing it was like re-release such and such game re-release Legend of Dragoon not now but somebody said in the whispers on news it's possible (gasps) okay month later hey now now no okay hey Fancy Star Online 2 for in North America now no okay five years later fancy star online too i should be over that shit troy i should be like fuck this game i don't fucking need it i lived without it for fucking five years i never got it i was disappointed whatever i waited for two years never came out but here i am fancy star online coming out spring 2020 and here i am fucking ready to fucking shell my credit card out for this goddamn game here we are troy we're terrible people we're idiots we're idiots when it comes to a lot of things, and especially nostalgia, which brings me back to fucking the TwitchCon party. And while everyone's fucking gushing over the nostalgia of Blink-182 performing, do you really care about Blink-182? No, you care about the memories that you got from that shit. Do you really care about Legend of Dragoon? No, it's the memories of you being in your bedroom, playing it, and you want to relive those memories again. Do you really care about Final Fantasy Seven? You actually don't. You care about the experience that it gave you. And the, and yes, there was a nice narrative story behind it. You played it once. That should be good enough for you. It's great. And there's
0: nothing wrong with you wanting to be nostalgic and enjoy those
1: experiences. <clears throat> yes, there is. Fuck nostalgia. I'm kidding. I'm kidding.
0: The only problem with it is, is when you fall for everything. That's the real issue. Stop oh. falling for every damn thing. Not everything is nostalgic. It might be to some extent. But that doesn't mean you have to buy it. That's that's, that's all I wanted to add to that. Don't I'm have to also,
1: buy I'm, waiting, I'm waiting for somebody on this podcast to comment like, Henry sounds bitter or like he's had some rough times with stuff. And I'll be like, no, this is just how I am as a person.
0: <laughs> we discussed it earlier. You're jaded.
1: Very jaded. Okay. So, guys, uh, I think with that last topic, I think we're going to be ending tonight. Oh, man, he brought it back.
0: Okay. Henry most of these things You probably don't want to say You're just jaded Alright I'm sorry
1: <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening To this episode 32 Of To A Good Game Do Us Part It has been your boy Henry And your other boy Troy yeah. um, As usual we love you We appreciate you and we hope to see you in the next episode.
0: No, it's until good game do us part. We'll talk to you on the next episode.
1: I was trying to do something different. But whatever.
0: No, you can't.
1: Consistency, brother. Cut it. Cut the episode. Cut it.
0: <laughs> Peace.